0: I'm T.L., and I'll be your host for the next hour. Each week at Mass, we say those words, I believe, but our belief has implications on the way we live our life the rest of the week. We explore those implications together right here on Outside the Walls. Do you have any big plans for your three-day weekend? Uh, Labor Day is coming up on Monday, and this year, it takes a little bit of a different tack for us. Uh, because my wife is expecting our eighth child on September uh, September 10th. And so we're just kind of sitting around the house going, I don't want to make any plans. Don't want to invite people over or go somewhere because we've been early before and we're just kind of sitting here going, you know, is Labor Day going to be, you know, Labor Day? <laughs> so, so say a quick prayer for us. Uh, maybe as you are going about with your festivities, keep us in mind and and maybe offer a prayer for a smooth labor. The other thing that comes about this time of year is we all get ready to send our kids back to school. And depending on the age of your kids, you may have various emotions that go along with that. For those parents that are sending their their wee ones off for the first time, maybe to preschool or kindergarten, there is this, uh, there's this emotional lump that rises in your throat and tears well up because this is your baby and you think, man, they're so little, um, how, how is it that they're already leaving the home? <clears throat> and then they get a little bit older and <laughs> you start to think, I can't wait for them to go back to school. Uh, and then they get a little bit older still, so I'm told, and, and you get back to that same emotional response to sending them away as you send them off to college, uh, <clears throat> So I'm sitting here, I'm kind of in the stage where I've got some of the little ones that are going for the first time. And that's a big emotion. They've been homeschooled uh, up until now. And then I've got the middle schoolers and I'm like, you know what? It's it's a good thing. You you will do well to be away from you know the house in the middle of the day. You will do well to be with other kids your age. You will do well in that environment. And I want to encourage you uh, to be excited about The beginning of the school year. I'm happy to send you away. Uh, But I'm keenly aware whenever we talk about kids and whenever we talk here on the show about uh, the practices that we have in the home to raise our kids in the faith, I'm keenly aware that it's a different scenario for those of you who have kids who are older, whether they're in uh, high school or college. There's a different way of interacting with your kids in the faith when they get to that age, and specifically uh, if that child becomes either apathetic or antagonistic towards the faith, it can take a real toll on you. So today I want to give you some encouragement in that area. We're talking today with Taylor Schroll. Uh, He has a radio show called Forte Catholic that is on on Red Sea Catholic Radio down in uh, Bryan College Station, Texas. Uh, He also airs on St. Michael Catholic Radio along with me in Tulsa, Oklahoma. But in addition to that, he works as a campus minister at a high school uh, and also as a missionary with Ablaze Catholic Ministries there in Bryan, Texas. So we're going to get to there, uh, and we're going to have a wide-ranging conversation about how to engage our older kids in the faith. But before we get there, I want to give you a huge dose of comfort and and hope. And that is, uh, this last week we celebrated the feast day of St. Monica and St. Augustine. And for those of you who don't know the story, St. Monica was a Christian who was married off to a pagan and her son, uh, Augustine was born and she tried desperately to raise him in the faith. Uh, but eventually he just drifted away from it. Uh, he was not interested in Christianity. He was searching for truth, but just really not all that strenuously. And, uh, she prayed and prayed and prayed, and it's like every time she felt like she was getting close to some kind of a breakthrough, something would happen that would take it away. And one point specifically where she was praying uh, that God would break through to her son and that that God would not take her son away from her, and those two things were actually at odds as you look at the end of the story. And sometimes we look at the relationship we have with our kids and the relationship our kids have with the faith. And we feel that all hope is lost and we pour out our hearts in prayer uh, and, and we don't see the answer to that prayer coming through. Hold on and continue to pray. Because Monica, she had this prayer that, that uh, Augustine would stay with her and not go away. And yet it was in Augustine's going away that ultimately her ultimate prayer that he would find faith was uh, was realized that, as he went away and he began to engage with Saint Ambrose uh, and have conversations with Saint Ambrose, it was through leaving and through that first prayer being uh, really denied that her ultimate prayer was answered so even if you feel like everything is uh, all of your prayers are hitting the ceiling and your children are wandering away from the faith, continue to pray for them and continue to offer them to God fervently, praying that God would bring them back to the faith. Uh, Remember that through Monica's prayers, St. Augustine eventually did become a Christian, and not only a Christian, but a bishop. And not only a bishop, but a doctor of the church, who has provided us so much wisdom that today continues to be a source of strength and comfort for the church. So if you feel like your your prayers aren't being heard, you have a friend in St. Monica, and specifically go out and ask for the intercession of St. Monica, ask for the intercession of St. Ambrose, and pray for your child. Ask for the intercession of St. Augustine. Pray that your child will come to a deep and abiding knowledge, not just of the, the catechetical uh, facts and figures of the faith, but a deep and abiding knowledge in who God is and the person of Jesus Christ and the relationship that he longs to have with your kids. When we come back today, we're going to talk with Taylor Schroll specifically about how do we engage our children in the faith as we approach the beginning of this new school year. Towards the end of the show, we're going to hear a reading from uh, from Gaudium et Spes, which is a Vatican II document talking about our role as parents. And how we best can equip our kids in the faith. It's going to be a great show today, so don't go too far. But do go and visit us over on social media Facebook.com slash step outside the walls. On Twitter, the handle's at outside the walls. Uh, join that conversation and talk to the other parents that are there about some of the things that you plan to do to help ground your kids in the faith. There's much more to come right after this. You're listening to Outside the Walls with TL. Welcome back to Outside the Walls, where we explore the implications of our belief on our daily life. I'm your host, T.L., and we are approaching, quickly, uh, sending the kids back to school. Have you had that realization yet? Are you uh, got your day set up? the you, Whatever that first drink of coffee in silence is, are, are you ready for it? Uh, because it's coming right around the corner as we send our kids back off to school. Some of the challenges we face are... How do we get through to them? How do we instill in them the faith as there's so much on their plate in the rest of the week? So we're talking today with Taylor Schroll, who is the host of Forte Catholic, which is a a radio program on Red Sea Catholic Radio down in College Station, Texas, as well as uh, on St. Michael Catholic Radio in Tulsa, Oklahoma. ForteCatholic.com, you can find all of his stuff there, his speaking engagements, his music, and... Uh, the archives of his radio program. Uh, You recently, Taylor, just hit 150 episodes, and someone sent you a cookie cake. And I'm a little jealous because you're episode 251, and I've never gotten a cookie cake.
1: Well, first of all, that needs to be um, fixed immediately. Uh, (laughs) So, like, here's what needs to happen. Uh, Because me being sent the cookie is a very nice gesture by whoever sent it, but at the same time, it's driving me absolutely insane right now because everyone knows who it was except for me. Like my wife knows, all of my co-hosts know, my best friends know. Everyone on Twitter knows because everyone's sending me DMs asking me, hey, how's the cake? And I like at this point, I'm just mad and I'm angry. So maybe this was a blessing. It's like, the, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side of the road. The Lord is blessing you right now with a peaceful life, a non-frustrating life. Um, but here's, what's going to happen now, now that you've said that I want every one of your listeners to send you a cookie cake so that like incessantly for the next three and a half months, you just get a new cookie cake and then you'll be coming back to me saying, I wish I didn't have any cookie cakes.
0: <laughs> you know, even if you were to send me a cookie cake, I can't guarantee that I would get any. Uh, our eighth child is due on the 10th of this month. And, um, th- that kind of thing doesn't last very long around here. Uh, I think my kids would beat me to it.
1: You're having your eighth kid? Well, my wife is, yes. Well, I mean, I know how biology works, but that's, that's... <laughs> congratulations. Thank you and very maybe much. Maybe I'll send you a cookie cake because you might need something.
0: <laughs> so let's talk. You, you, one of the things that you do, among many other things, involved in youth ministry and whatnot. You work at a school, uh, helping as a chaplain, helping the kids develop and grow in their faith, and. Any parent can tell you, and I'm sure that you can regale us with stories as well. That's not a topic that kids are always just really keen to, uh, to dive into. So what are the real opportunities that you see that makes it easy for you to reach them or makes maybe a, an opportunity for them to grow in a way that we might not, as parents not, might not see?
1: Yeah, so I'll start with the, the opportunities. This is kind of an interesting story from when I started uh, working in this campus ministry position four years ago. So uh, this school, this Catholic school had never really had, like, a dedicated campus ministry. So, like, yeah, they, they had mass and they would pray and uh, they had theology classes and stuff. But a lot of it was that, like, that information without the, the relationship with right. God, right? And uh, like so, these kids had gotten there, and everything about faith, like every person of faith, like the priests, the like the holy teachers at school, uh, they didn't want to listen to them because it was just the same kind of things over and over again. And that was kind of put on to me by especially a lot of the high school students. The junior high students were uh, kind of they were new to the campus, like they they hadn't been jaded by this type of of uh, faith yet, right? <laughs> Their the lack thereof, and. So it was an interesting experience because especially this group of sophomores, uh, right when I started, the sophomores four years ago, they wanted absolutely nothing to do with me because I was the campus minister. I was the one like playing music at mass. Like I was the Jesus guy. And then one day, this was in like early spring. I had kind of hit it off with some of the seniors, some some of the freshmen and juniors, but the sophomores wanted nothing to do with me. And I subbed for their class one day. And just started getting to, like, they just started getting to know me. I started getting to know them more. But they really opened up to me for the first time. And they were listening to rap in the corner because I wasn't teaching anything. I was just essentially babysitting because I wasn't, their teacher wasn't there. uh, Babysitting almost adults. And they found out that I was on a rap album when I was in college. Like, I can't even tell you how ridiculous that is. That moment was the turning point between them not wanting anything to do with me and then a lot of them, two years later, caring about their faith, graduating. I played a huge role in their lives. They played a huge role in my life. I was their track coach. I was their campus minister. I, like, and, and then like, even now, like now that they're graduated and have been for a couple of years, like I'm their friend. Mm-hmm. And all because I just met them on a human level first. Then they respected me as a person and actually were open to hearing about the rest of me, including my faith.
0: Yeah. So, Taylor, how might that translate into the parent child relationship? Because it feels a little different because the kids, they know everything about us, or so they think they're around us all the time. And it seems like anytime that you try to say, okay, we're going to implement a new practice uh, in the faith, specifically if you haven't done a whole lot in your home, Uh, and you're like, okay, now we're going to get up and we're going to maybe we're going to say a different prayer at bedtime, or maybe we're going to take a 15 minutes and pray the rosary or, or a decade of the rosary. How do you take those practices and take it beyond the practices to, as you mentioned earlier, that relationship with God? So it's not just passing on information, but trying to instill in them a, a relationship with God, the father or the son, and the Holy
1: spirit. Yeah. I think this comes to like, think about how we are as parents with our bosses at work, right? So our you know, leaders in our community, we don't like being told what to do like not many human beings enjoy being told what to do and so like when we're with our boss if we have a boss that we respect and they're asking us to do things telling us to do things making us do things we can, if we have that relationship that trust that respect then we'll then we'll do it like I work for a guy that I absolutely uh, respect and trust uh, and and so when he tells me to do something I am willing to do it When other people who have authority over me tell me to do things and they're jerks and they don't give me a reason why and they don't, like, we don't have that relationship, then I don't want to do it and I don't like it, right? And and what's interesting that you said uh, that they don't know or that they already know everything about their parents and then you kind of caught yourself and you're like, well, they think they do. They think they do. And so often uh, we as parents don't actually share our faith with our kids, we just do the things because we're busy. It's not. It's not where we're doing anything wrong. We have work. We have our, our, our obligations. We have our personal prayer time. We have uh, our leisure time. We have all these things, and we and then we get to the end of the day and we're like, oh crap, I need to make my kids pray today. <laughs> and but and again, that comes across as that boss that is just telling you what to do. There's no reason why. And like, yeah, they have you have a relationship with you, but maybe not in this avenue, of of faith. Like, what does your faith actually mean to you sharing a, a, a spiritual insight from your day around the dinner table? Like, Oh, Hey, I was actually, you know, I went to mass this morning and, and that this reading was read and it's connected to something that happened at work. Just having those conversations about faith will make the, the times where you say like, okay, we're going to do this as a family. will make it easier. I didn't say easy. Right. <laughs> I didn't say easy. Uh, making, you know, an eight year old pray a rosary after you, just, after you just, you know, send a time out, probably not going to be easy, but easier. Yeah.
0: You know, I, I think of this picture uh, of the parents of St. Therese of Lisieux, right, the Martain family. And uh, Louis would go into this, this room to pray, and he would tell the kids, you can't come in here while I'm praying unless you're quiet, unless you come and you can come in and participate in the prayer. And it was this sense of, there was a privilege of being able to go in and sit in that room and to pray the, for him, it was the liturgy of the hours uh, to be able to go in and and be there with him as he did that thing. And it was more invitational rather than, Oh, well, you have to do this at this time. It was, it was like a privilege. Oh, well, if you, if you're quiet, if you want to join me in prayer, you can come in and be a part of what I'm doing in my spirituality. And of course there were also family spirituality things that they did on top of that.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's a beautiful example of a father recognizing something. Like I still need to have my personal prayer time and I want to invite you into this. Right. And, and far be it from me to argue with a saint. I think that is a great option. I don't think it's the only option. Right. um, Because one of the things that uh, like my boss has, you know, 20,000 kids, just like you do. And one of the things that he noticed is as his kids got older, they got into their junior high and now into high school, he started realizing that they had never seen him pray at at home, yeah, they, like they've been at mass, um, but like, and like he's they've seen him pray like as a family, but like his personal prayer time, they had never seen it, and he started doing that, and it, it actually acted a lot like what you were saying about uh, Saint Martin. I'm I don't I'm not very good with with foreign names. I apologize, um, but uh, I had a I, like one of the kids that I was a confirmation sponsor for, he struggled. He, Struggled in his faith, super into it, super not, kind of went back and forth every other year. And a big reason was because he always thought that his dad wasn't into the faith. And we all know the stats about essentially, for the most part, kids are going to go where the dad goes in faith practices and and how devoted they are to whatever faith that they are part of. And he had never seen his dad pray. And his dad, he found out later on in life, like as a young adult, that his dad actually prayed every day. For 30 minutes 45 minutes sometimes even an hour but what he did was he went not lock himself in the room and like he, he didn't tell anybody so that's one of the difference between the, the saint story that you say, you shared but it was such a private thing and he was a holy man but he never shared that with his son so i think a balance of those two things it's like sometimes you need your personal prayer time by yourself sometimes you can use what you just said invite the kids in hey you need to be quiet other times just Pray with the distractions of your your seven, almost eight kids running around, and it might not be the most deep prayer time, but your kids are seeing that, that this is important to you. So I, I think a balance of all of those things, and maybe even some other great options, yeah. would be phenomenal.
0: There's a, a gentleman in Catholic radio down in Texas once that I talked to as he was nearing the end of his life, and and he said, you know, the most important thing that I've ever done in life, and he had 10 kids, he said, the most important thing I've ever done is to pray the rosary with the family. and the two-year-old is not going to sit still and follow the beads. The five-year-old's not going to follow the beads. It's okay because they're in the room and they're experiencing the
1: rhythms of prayer. Right, right. Very much so. And I think there's there's a lot to, um, I was one of the kids that I did all the practices and didn't care. Mm-hmm. I went to mass. I thought it was boring. I went to CCE. I, I couldn't stand it. And I I went through all those practices and later the knowledge and my own personal faith and like all of it started making sense to me. But, and then I was like, I was set, I was ready to go. It's like, I was prepared for that moment. Right. Like once I really had this relationship, I knew what to do. So all of us have a different, um, avenue for how we grow closer to Christ. Uh, some of us, a lot of us, you know, cradle Catholics, kind of grew up in this, we knew how to be Catholic, but we weren't Catholic, <laughs> you know, right. like in, in, in the sense of, of those words, but, uh, other people converts or weren't really a, that involved, uh, at an early life and they come later and they have the, the, like the desire, the relationship, but don't know like what to do. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's, there's both parts of that, um, that we, can, that we can play with, and then we can do that with our kids as well. We are teaching them. Sometimes they're not going to want to go to Mass or go to CCE. Take them anyway. My mom dragged me by my ear to go to CCE and to go to Mass. Um, and then there's other times where they're going to want to and not know what to do. So, um,
0: so yeah. Yeah. We're talking today with Taylor Schroll. He hosts the, the radio program Forte Catholic. You can find out more information about it by going to ForteCatholic.com. That's F-O-R-T-E, Catholic.com. But join us over on social media, Facebook.com slash Step Outside the Walls. On Twitter, the handle's at Outside the Walls. What kinds of faith practices are you going to launch as you begin the school year with your kids this year? There's more to come right after this, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Outside the Walls with TL. Welcome back to Outside the Walls, where we explore the implications of our belief on our daily life. I'm your host, TL. One of the things that's so important for our faith is that uh, we're always uh, one generation away from the end of faith. Our children don't inherit our faith somehow magically, they don't just uh, get into heaven based on the practices that we do as parents. Rather, uh, we have to disciple our kids. That's one of the things in the Great Commission. Go make disciples of all nations, including those in your old household. Uh, as you look at the uh, the Old Testament, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, we see this, uh, this call that God gave to the children of Israel, saying, "'Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And these words which I enjoin on you today, you are to teach them to your children.'" And so how important it is for us as we're thinking about the beginning of our educational year, sending our kids back to school for us to be mindful of their spiritual development and growth as well. Uh, One of the challenges with that, though, is very often we can think of sending our kids back to school and thinking of faith merely as an educational thing and not as that relational thing as they grow into a knowledge of the person of Jesus Christ and the work that he did for them and, and his great love for them. So today as we're talking about how do we pass on the faith to our, our children, specifically as they're getting a little bit older, maybe into high school, uh, we are talking with a professional. <laughs> we're talking with Taylor Schroll. Uh, he is a, a campus minister at a Catholic school next to greatness. I mean, he's, he's just like a half a mile from greatness. He's in Bryan, Texas instead of College Station, but we'll forgive him for that.
1: Uh, <laughs> you're just throwing all kinds of barbs, and you're in the middle of your intro. So like, I know how radio works. I don't want to interrupt you, but you're just saying all these things. You know I'm not going to interrupt you, but I'm, but I'm going to. I will always be next to greatness, and you also lied. Uh, when you said there was a professional coming on, I, I thought there was going to be somebody else joining our meeting, uh, and I'm just here to, to hang out.
0: So one of the things that we're talking about is how do we pass on our faith to the kids? Something that I'm very interested in is the current uh, environment that our that our kids are being raised in. Of course, everyone automatically thinks of social media. They think of the dangers of it and, and specifically the addictive nature of it. Uh, I really want to look at the, the tendency we have as parents to overcommit our children, to put them in so many activities, uh, to give them the experience of it that they don't have the ability to have the experience of true leisure and just the opportunity, uh, the opportunity to, to grow in faith, to do something by choice because every single moment we have them
1: scheduled. Yeah. I mean, I'm a huge proponent of free time and I'm also a huge proponent of, Doing good things, like be, for, especially for kids, being involved in sports. Like I was molded by my by playing sports growing up. Uh, I was also molded by my time spent at home by my parents. I was also molded by my time spent at church. So it is it's good to have all these different avenues to to grow as a person because we are mind, body, soul, spirit. Like we can grow in our knowledge. Um, every new thing we learn about God is another reason to love Him. Uh, sort of like you were, you were mentioning. Uh, it can just be informational. It's like every everything that we learn should be leading us to relationships. So you you learn something new and you're like, oh, that's cool about you know, theology or some connection to the readings. Like that should be leading us to prayer and actually um, helping us grow in our relationship with God. And like I think one of the things that that helps with our kids is actually teaching them to pray by themselves in their free time. Because they, they will have some. Um, like I was probably one of the most, uh, I, a lot of people could say that I was overcommitted in high school or maybe even in college. But because I was regimented, I, I did my sports, I did my schoolwork, I did my prayer, I did my leisure, I did my you know eating, of course. I mean, that's obvious for anybody that's ever seen me. Um, but being able to take that free time and take a little time from Netflix, take a little time from our screen time on our phones, take a little time from our um, whatever's getting in the way and being able to pray. And as long as we have that, that time to prayer, uh, that time of prayer, that time to focus on our faith, everything else, not everything else, but all other good things then fall in line. Uh, because like I'm, I'm a, I'm a track coach. I love sports. And a lot of times it's this whole sports versus faith thing. And I can't stand that. I can't stand it because I've been around sports my entire life. I've been around faith my entire life. You can have both, guys. Like you you can. So I'm talking both to the parents who are saying, Oh, I don't have time to bring my kids because we have sports. I'm talking to you. I'm saying, look, you do have time. There are ma- there's mass Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday morning, Sunday morning, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. Like there are there's mass times everywhere. You can still do your sports and go to faith. Now it only becomes a problem if you're scheduled literally every one of the times. Come on, you're probably actually not. But then go to mass, skip a game, skip a practice, whatever. I'm also talking to people who, who are saying that, like, our, our, the super duper holy ones that are saying you need to pick between sports and faith. No, you don't. No, you don't. Right. The church never says that. The church is super pro sport pro leisure. Um, it, it, this always comes up on the Super Bowl. Do you have youth night on the Super Bowl Sunday? I'm a big proponent of, of no. Have your youth, like, we used to have our youth night at, on Sunday nights. And it was always like, oh, you're trying to say the Super Bowl is more important than Jesus. No, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. It's a huge cultural event. If your kids <laughs> want to go, don't make them pick between this huge cultural event with their friends. Everybody's parents probably go into the Super Bowl anyway. Like, So the, like trying to like super holify these things uh, and say you have to pick. You don't. We just moved youth group earlier in the day. We had a Super Bowl party. I shared the gospel in relation to the Super Bowl. We prayed. We all went to our Super Bowl parties. We can have it all, people. It's the great thing about being Catholic.
0: So Taylor, obviously as parents, we want to give our kids the, the broadest experience possible. Um and yet still have things in balance, right? So let's talk a little bit about what are the challenges that we as parents face that you maybe see with your students that a parent might miss. Uh, that make it difficult for them to engage in the faith, so that maybe it comes from the parents, and we could avoid some of those pitfalls. Uh, we talked last time about the opportunities. What are some of the things that we as parents need to be cautious of uh, for our children?
1: I think the the first thing that we need to be cautious of as parents that I need to be cautious of as as a youth minister, as a campus minister, is uh, it comes from Evangelii Nuntiani. That's your fancy Taylor word for the day, um, evangelization in the new time. I think I don't know. I don't know the English. I only know the Latin because Catholic. Um, it says that modern man listens more wit- willingly to witnesses than to teachers, and they only listen to teachers if they are witnesses. So uh, how does that work with, with parents? And it kind of goes back to what we we're talking about in the last segment of they're going to listen to us, and we're going to be able to have influence in their life of faith if they see us witnessing it first, this means how we, how we put our prayer time first, how we put God first, how we treat them, how we treat other people, how we talk about other people, like when you get home from work and you're talking about you know Susan at the front desk, it's like they're going to see all that. Now all of us are imperfect. We're all going to make mistakes. I know I do. Um, but like being a witness to them first, uh, I think that's one of the big pitfalls we can fall into is we get into parent mode And we're like, I know you don't do as I say, or as I do, you do as I say. And that's not going to fly because one of the things with kids that may, that maybe parents don't realize is that like they're, well, they do realize this part, their brains aren't fully developed. We all know this. It's all, it's very obvious. Whenever we talk to the teenagers, especially junior high, they're broken and they don't work, but um, they're not, they're not malfunctioning. Like they'll be fine in a couple of years. I promise. Um, But if they had a bad experience at school because they're being bullied, they mm-hmm. don't care about faith. If they had a bad grade and they're terrified to tell you, they don't care about faith that day. If, if, they, if they got cut from the soccer team, they don't care about faith that day. And like we as adults can experience this as well. It's, it's heightened for kids, but we experience this as well. It's like we are connected, like we said earlier, mind, body, soul, and spirit. So if I'm sick, my spiritual life doesn't usually go as well as it should. Um, if I have a terrible day at work and my boss, I work in the church. So my boss, our bosses are typically holy people that represent the church. If they're mean to me, I'm not going to have a good day in faith. Now I'm getting better at that. I'm an adult. I can grow in that, but kids aren't in that place yet. If they're having a bad day, they're having a bad day. And if we try to pray it away or try to like, you know, force that rosary, then like that's mm-hmm. it. That is a recipe for disaster. Let's deal with that, that big issue first. Like what actually happened? Deal with the bully, deal with the bad grade, deal with the being cut from class. And then once you've dealt with that, my mom was brilliant at this. She, she would deal with those things first and then say, can we pray about this? And we'd pray about it. And then, and then I'm open and I'm ready for that um, for that experience and that, and that uh, encounter with Christ through my parent. You
0: know, I, we see our kids and they come in and they've had a bad day and Generally, the first experience that we have of that bad day, or at least sometimes uh, the first experience, is their bad attitude toward us. Uh, maybe they mouth off or maybe they just slam a door. And it could be that our first reaction would be to try and deal with the behavior. Oh, well, we don't do that here. Uh, and miss the fact that something's going on and being able to stop and say, you know what? This is not like you. And a lot of times parents will say, I don't know who my kid is anymore. Well, maybe that's a clue that something's not right. Something's different than normal. So let's even just approach it that way. Hey, you know, you seem a little off today. I just want you to know I'm here and I'm happy to talk to you when you're ready, rather than you come back right here and try that door again. We don't slam doors in this house. You know, approaching it with uh, the dignity of the person in mind and seeing them, not as that uh, petulant little kid, but as our
1: our beloved children. Yeah. I think about God as father all the time. I'm sure you do too. Like most parents, especially dads will think about that because what is God? God is the fullness of justice. Don't slam that door. He's also the fullness of mercy. Like Mm -hmm. I forgive you already for slamming that door. I forgave you 2000 years ago for slamming that door. Like, so it's this balance of both. So if a kid is slamming the door every day and you're asking them what's wrong and they're doing that for multiple days in a row, all right, it's time to say, come right. on out and let's try that again. But um, it's that mercy. And I, I laughed when you started, like you were making the connection already because like in the in the example uh, that I shared, it's like, oh, I'm tired and I'm sick. What's the first thing I do? I My attitude isn't good towards God, my father, right? Like we all do this. We all do this and we're all children. We all still act like children, maybe not at work. Uh, Maybe not when we're at a party with our friends, but in our relationship with God, we absolutely act like children because he's our father. We're just petulant little kids whenever we make these mistakes. And then it's those moments that have taught me that like remembering that God is merciful to me as a father, when I screw up and I have a bad attitude and I keep doing things wrong, he is merciful and calling me back. And then once I come back and I go to confession, then he's like, all right, boy, you better shape up. You know, like it's that (laughs) perfect balance of that mercy and justice uh, but I think you're right. If we're just doing one of those things, it's it's a pendulum swing. It's a discernment in the moment. Uh, we're going to make mistakes in that. But it's finding the where are we where are we ticking in that justice and mercy bubble.
0: Thanks for being on the show today, Taylor.
1: Yeah. And one last thing beyond the It's, it's uh, something that we do at work for parents, uh, tons of videos, tons of information for Catholic parenting, because Catholic parenting is very, very difficult. St. starts at home. It starts with you. Uh, beyondthepew.org.
0: And I love that phrase. Sainthood starts at home. It starts with you. Uh, We've been talking today with Taylor Schroll, who hosts Forte Catholic. He's a force to be reckoned with on Twitter uh, and serves in mission and ministry out in Bryan, Texas. Find out more about him by going to fortecatholic.com, or as he just mentioned, beyondthepew.org. Join us over on social media facebook.com slash step outside the walls on twitter the handles at outside the walls i'd love to have you as a part of that conversation there's more coming up right after this as we look at our reading from scripture and church history don't go anywhere you're listening to outside the walls Welcome back to Outside the Walls, where we explore the implications of our belief on our daily life. I'm your host, T.L., and today we have been talking a little bit about sending our kids back to school and what we need to do to prepare uh, for them to grow in the faith this year. What, What are the things that we can do to help them and to reach them with those truths of the faith? To discuss that, we've been talking today with Taylor Schroll, who is a campus minister for a high school out in Bryan, Texas, And he also hosts a radio program called Forte Catholic, which you can find by going to ForteCatholic.com. If you missed any part of that show or you want to listen to it again or share it with your friends, uh, by all means, all of our episodes are archived over at OutsideTheWalls.com. I encourage you to go over, take a look. That one's right at the top of the list now, but there are many underneath it if you have some that you want to catch up on as well. There's more to my conversation with Taylor than we had the time to air today. As always, I make that extra segment available to all of those who support the show through Patreon. While you're there looking at the archives at OutsideTheWalls.com, if you look up at the top right-hand corner of the page, you'll see a link that says, Support the Show Patreon. If you click that link, you can see all of the various ways that you can support the show for as little as $5 a month uh, and get extra segments each and every week with our guests. Now, let's go ahead and turn our attention to our reading from Scripture and from church history. Our reading from Scripture this week comes from the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, uh, and this was a few days ago in the Mass. We have been reassured about you, brothers and sisters, in our every distress and affliction, through your faith. For we now live, if you stand firm, in the Lord. What thanksgiving, then, can we render to God for you, for all the joy we feel on your account before God? Night and day we pray beyond measure to see you in person and to remedy the deficiencies of your faith. Now may God himself, our Father, and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, just as we have for you, so as to strengthen your hearts to be blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his holy ones. Amen. That reading comes from 1 Thessalonians 3, and sometimes we can feel like Paul. Here Paul knows there are good things going on in this community, but he is separated from them, uh, and he he longs to be in their presence. And you know, I think sometimes as parents, while our kids come home every night, sometimes we feel like Paul in that in that way of being removed, right? We, we don't feel as involved in their lives as they were when they were smaller. And, and here I think we can glean some really good ideas and perspective from Paul. Uh, here he says, okay, night and day, I'm gonna pray for you, right? I, one, I wanna see you in person. I wanna connect with you. So that's the focus of my prayers. And I'm gonna pray that the deficiencies of your faith are remedied here you know all of us have deficiencies in faith we have uh we have a certain level that we understand and we know and we we uh, live in this pursuit of holiness and piety but even then there are some things that we're just not quite there on and so this is a prayer that we can pray no matter what their the faith life of our children we can pray that that god would come in some way and put a person in their life or uh, reach them on, on a spiritual way to remedy the deficiencies of their faith. And then he says, now may God himself, our father, direct our way to you and may the Lord make you increase. I think that should be our prayer as parents, just right there, that God would direct our way to our children, that that there would that connection would be created and strengthened and that we would have really a place of, of, uh, being able to speak into their lives. And then also, right. That's the first thing that, that the Lord would make our way to them, but then the Lord would make them increase and abound in love for one another and for all. So this is, uh, this is something that even though it's not written about parents and children, we can certainly take and apply to our own lives. Now, our reading from church history today, we're not going to go too far back in history. We're going to go to the Second Vatican Council, to the document Gaudium et Spes, which means joy and hope, and this is the pastoral uh, constitution for the church in the modern world. For God himself is the author of matrimony, endowed as it is with various benefits and purposes. All of these have a very decisive bearing on the continuation of the human race on the personal development and eternal destiny of the individual members of a family, and on the dignity, stability, peace, and prosperity of the family itself and of human society as a whole. By their very nature, the institution of matrimony itself and conjugal love are ordained for the procreation and education of children, and find in them their ultimate crown. Thus, a man and a woman who by their compact of conjugal love are no longer two but one flesh, render mutual help and service to each other through an intimate union of their persons and of their actions. Through this union, they experience the meaning of their oneness and attain to it with growing perfection day by day. As a mutual gift of two persons, this intimate union and the good of the children impose total fidelity on the spouses and argue for an unbreakable oneness between them. Christ the Lord abundantly blessed this many-faceted love, welling up as it does from the fountain of divine love and structured as it is on the model of his union with his church. For as God of old made himself present to his people through a covenant of love and fidelity, so now the Savior of men and the spouse of the church comes into the lives of married Christians through the sacrament of matrimony. He abides with them thereafter, so that just as he loved the church and handed himself over on her behalf, the spouses may love each other with perpetual fidelity through mutual self-bestowal. Authentic married love is caught up into divine love and is governed and enriched by Christ's redeeming power and the saving activity of the church, so that this love may lead the spouses to God with powerful effect and may aid and strengthen them in sublime office of being a father or a mother. For this reason, Christian spouses have a special sacrament by which they are fortified and receive a kind of consecration in the duties and dignity of their state. By virtue of this sacrament, as spouses fulfill their conjugal and family obligation, they are penetrated with the Spirit of Christ— which suffuses their whole lives with faith, hope, and charity. Thus, they increasingly advance the perfection of their own personalities, as well as their mutual sanctification, and hence contribute jointly to the glory of God. As a result, with their parents leading the way by example and family prayer, children, and indeed everyone gathered around the family hearth, will find a readier path to human maturity, salvation, and holiness. Graced with the dignity and office of fatherhood and motherhood, parents will energetically acquit themselves of a duty which devolves primarily on them, namely, education, and especially, religious education. Parents should regard as their proper mission the task of transmitting human life and educating those To whom it has been transmitted. They should realize that they are thereby cooperators with the love of God the Creator, and are, so to speak, the interpreters of that love. Thus, they will fulfill their task with human and Christian responsibility, and with docile reverence towards God, will make decisions by common counsel and effort. Let them thoroughly take into account both their own welfare and that of their children, those already born and those which the future may bring. For this accounting, they need to reckon with both the material and the spiritual conditions of the times, as well as of their state in life. Finally, they should consult the interests of the family group, of temporal society, and of the church herself. The parents make judgments, and no one else should ultimately make this judgment in the sight of God. But in their manner of acting, spouses should be aware that they cannot proceed arbitrarily but must always be governed according to a conscience dutifully conformed to the divine law itself and should be submissive towards the church's teaching office, which authentically interprets that law in the light of the gospel. That divine law reveals and protects the integral meaning of conjugal love and impels it toward a truly human fulfillment. That reading comes from Gaudium et Spes, taken a little bit from number 48 and a little bit from number 50 there. And I think that this gets a little bit of what Taylor was talking about and what we've mentioned not too long ago in conversations on air as well, that you can only give away what you have. And if you want to teach your children to pray, the best way to do it is by having a prayer life. If you want to teach your children the importance of going to Mass, the best way to do it is to go to Mass and to be on time and to be present and to to recognize the holiness of that space of entering into that consecrated place uh, and treating it with the respect that Christ is present and treating the Mass as if Christ is present right there in the Eucharist. And these things, along with a heavy dose of prayer and a heavy dose of communicating it to the children, these things are what makes the difference. You know, it's so easy to, uh, to get into that, as Taylor mentioned, that do as I say, not as I do mode, But in this case, and specifically as our children grow, what we do is going to make a huge difference in how they approach the faith. So my prayer today for myself as well as for you is that God would give us a deep love for him that's visible to everyone around us, especially to our kids. That's all the time we have for today. Today's show is brought to you by Brandy Carey and all of those who support the show through Patreon. Go to OutsideTheWalls.com. Click that Patreon link and join their numbers. Join us on social media, Facebook.com slash Step Outside the Walls and Twitter the handles at Outside the Walls. Let's continue this conversation throughout the week. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you
1: and give you peace.